G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Tuesday, always good to get some insights into those things that are breaking news-wise from around the world, but particularly those areas in the Middle East and as they affect the nation of Israel. Ron Ross, our Middle East reporter, back with us again today. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Ron, tomorrow, the holiest day of the year in Israel, the day known as the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. How important is it to people who are in Israel? It's a central theme for Israel. It's a day of atonement and repentance. Jews traditionally observe this holy day with a 25-hour period of fasting and intensive prayer over spending most of the day in synagogue. Yom Kippur completes the annual period known in Judaism as the High Holy Days or sometimes the Days of Awe. Yom Kippur begins at sundown on the 11th and goes through all day on the 12th. Ron, at the very start of the holiday season in Israel, a terrorist attack, two dead in Jerusalem. Yes, and six uh, wounded in that shooting rampage. And the day after, a Palestinian terrorist killed two Israelis and wounded six others. Uh, Hamas, which has claimed the attacker as one of its own, praised the attack and called on its militants in the West Bank to prepare for a new phase of confrontation. Uh, It may well appear that this has been time to coincide with Israel's days of awe because next Monday starts Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, and the holiday season continues right throughout this month. Uh, Levana Malhai, 60 years of age, and uh, police officer First Sergeant Yosef Kerma, 29, were the Israelis murdered in the attack. The gunman was a 39-year-old, and it's been sad to see that on Facebook uh, since the attack, both Hamas and Fatah have praised this individual, calling him a martyr and saying all kinds of stuff. And according to the Times of Israel, uh, the assailant Muspa Abu Sabeh was reportedly known to Israeli police as a suspected terrorist and a member of Hamas for several years. He was uh, frequently on Facebook, and some of his posts include, We sacrifice our souls and our blood for you, Al-Aqsa, and we sacrifice our children for Al-Aqsa. So no doubt he was well and truly a jihadist, and uh, the Israel authorities are taking certain actions regarding his home and others around him, even as we speak. Ron, is this typical, the the start of the high holy days season, that people are on edge, uh, terror attacks more a risk? Is this something that's been going on for many years? Yeah, it's a time when Israel's on very high alert. Uh, but uh, as some of the comments after the attack have said, uh, there's been a lot of incitement on uh, social media 
uh, over recent times building up to the days of war. This no doubt has led to this fellow getting carried away. Uh, the other thing we need to know about him, he was supposed to go to jail next week anyway for a violent attack on the police previously. He's got a couple of uh, uh, criminal records in his past. And yes, this is a time of the year when Israel's very, very, very diligent. Other news coming out of the Middle East, at least 18 dead after a car bombing in Turkey. Kurdish militants detonated a car bomb on Sunday outside a military checkpoint in southeast Turkey, killing 10 soldiers and 8 civilians. The Prime Minister said Turkey immediately launched a military operation against the rebels in response. Prime Minister Benali Yeldrum gave the death toll during a press conference in Istanbul and condemned the attack. For the stability of our country, we will continue doing everything we can to save our homeland and our nation from the forces of terrorism, he said. Officials said the attackers first opened fire on the soldiers at the checkpoint to distract them from uh, when the van was driving up a minivan containing about five tonnes of explosives and detonating it. The explosion produced a crater 50 feet wide and 23 feet deep. Terrible stuff going on around the world today. Hey Ron, what do you know about that conflict between the Turks and the Kurds? Uh, because it's in the same region where we're hearing all sorts of things to do with ISIS and Turkey and ISIS and the rest of the world. But uh, that Kurdish conflict, do you know anything more about it to uh, just shed some light on that for our listeners? No, not really, except that the, the Kurds have been placed in a terrible position, although... I noticed America said this week that they were going to uh, provide some weaponry for the Kurds. They're sitting ducks in that situation. Uh, they've been very loyal to us, uh, uh, the West, and uh, they've been left uh, on their own to a certain degree. Very courageous fighters, uh, and their situation's precarious. Uh, let's get a focus on what's going on in Syria. Russia has vetoed a UN resolution to halt bombing in Aleppo. What's the latest? Yeah, there were rival resolutions on Syria, backed by the West and Russia. They were defeated in the UN Security Council at the weekend, offering no relief to the besieged city of Aleppo. Russia vetoed a French resolution demanding an immediate halt to the bombing campaign that the Syrian government and Russia are carrying out against rebel-held districts in Aleppo. The rival Russian draft, which made no mention of a bombing halt, was rejected because it failed to get the minimum nine yes votes needed for approval by the 15-member council. Uh, I really think Aleppo's been left to hang. Um, they're in a situation where Nobody wants to stick their neck out, come to their rescue, and there's a humanitarian crisis that's unspeakable in Aleppo at the moment. It's a deep, deep tragedy. And it's all very well having UN resolutions, but oftentimes the difficulty is making those stick and making each side of those resolutions take action in accordance with them. There's also challenges with UN uh, directives to nations like Saudi Arabia, where they've had a policy of child executions. Uh, well, the UN's saying stop those child executions, uh, but the Saudis not necessarily likely to abide, Ron? Yeah, and it's, it's 
disgraceful what they're doing. The UN has called for uh, an end to severe discrimination. They use the word severe uh, discrimination against girls and to repeal laws that allow the stoning, amputation, flogging and execution of children. It's unbelievable. The Committee on the Rights of the Child condemned the Saudi-led coalition's airstrikes in Yemen, which it said had killed and maimed hundreds of children, and its use of starvation as a tactic in that war against the Iran-backed Houthis. Saudi Arabia's Human Rights Commission Chairman Banda bin Mohammed al-Aben, Saudi Arabia's Human Rights Commission Chairman, united to condemn the Saudis. Uh, but, as you say, whether we'll see any action or response, only time will tell. Mm. Uh, let's come back to some good news when we think of the Christian gospel because the church in the nation of Iran is the fastest growing in the world. Yeah, I, I picked up this uh, story on the uh, on the grapevine yesterday, uh, a, a report by Mark Howard provided by the Gospel Coalition of the Iranian Church. And he said, despite continued hostility from the late 1970s until now, Iranians have become the Muslim people most open to the gospel in the Middle East. The Iranian Revolution of 1979 established a hardline Islamic regime. Over the next two decades, Christians faced increasing opposition and persecution. All missionaries were kicked out, evangelism was banned, Bibles in Persia were banned, and soon became very scarce. Several pastors were killed. But the exact opposite of what the Iraqi, uh, the Iranian authorities want happened, despite continued hostility from the late 1970s until now, the church has been growing at an, an amazing, miraculous rate. As a result, more Iranians have become Christians in the last 20 years than in the previous 13 centuries put together. In 1979, there were an estimated 500 Christians from a Muslim background in Iran. Today, there are hundreds of thousands, some say more than a million. And praise God for that. Well, Ron, we do, we say, praise God for that. And I want to just honour you because there's so much complexity of the issues that are going on in the Middle East. Uh, to have an update on breaking news headlines on a Tuesday is just so enlightening. It just brings us into the picture and clarifies so many things. You can get so hazy with so much detail and so much complexity that you might hear in the news headlines through the week. But, Ron, always appreciate your insights. Those headlines, they just bring a little bit of clarity to something which is often difficult to understand. Ron Ross, thanks so much for your update again today. Let's do this again next week. Thank you very much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.